0: So welcome to the Bible in 260 podcast, your journey through the Bible in 260 days. Welcome to episode 250. Today as we continue in the book of Job, uh, one of his next friends, Bildad, says to Job basically that Job must have sinned, his kids must have sinned, they must have done something evil that God would bring such a response and consequences upon them, that there's no other explanation. And Job's response is uh, many words uh, simply saying, what did I do? What have I done? Uh, Will God tell me what I've done? Because I can't think of anything that I've done that deserved this. And again, we feel the tension of what happens when hard, difficult, painful, terrible things happen to people who haven't seemed to have done anything, anything specifically evil or sinful to cause it. And it's a reminder that this book is Causing us to wrestle with the justice of God, the grace of God, the love of God, the person of God. Not in a way that's meant to undermine our thoughts of God, but to actually remind us of a humble approach to him. Realizing sometimes we just don't have answers. And we need to keep trusting him. Because he is a trustworthy, faithful God. So let's begin again in Job chapter 8 and hear this interaction between Bildad and Job. Job 8. Then Bildad the Shuhite spoke up and said, How long will you speak these things, seeing that the words of your mouth are like a great wind? Does God pervert justice? Or does the Almighty pervert what is right? If your children sinned against Him, He gave them over to the penalty of their sin. But if you will look to God and make your supplication to the Almighty, if you become pure and upright, even now He will rouse Himself for you and will restore your righteous home. Your beginning will seem so small, since your future will flourish. For, inquire now of the former generation and pay attention to the findings of their ancestors. For we were born yesterday and do not have knowledge, since our days on earth are but a shadow. Will they not instruct you and speak to you, and bring forth words from their understanding? Can the papyrus plant grow tall where there is no marsh? Can reeds flourish without water? While they are still beginning to flower and not ripe for cutting, they can wither away faster than any grass. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. The hope of the godless perishes, whose trust is in something futile, whose security is a spider's web. He leans against his house, but it does not hold up. He takes hold of it, but it does not stand. He is like a well-watered plant in the sun. Its shoots spread over its garden. It wraps its roots around a heap of stones and looks for a place among the stones. If he is uprooted from his place, then that place will disown him, saying, I have never seen you. Indeed, this is the joy of his way, and out of the earth others spring up. Surely God does not reject a blameless man, nor does he grasp the hand of the evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with gladness. Those who hate you will be clothed with shame, and the tent of the wicked will be no more. Then Job answered, Truly I know that this is so. But how can a human be just before God? If someone wishes to contend with him, he cannot answer him one time in a thousand. He is wise in heart and mighty in strength. Who has resisted him and remains safe? He who removes mountains suddenly, who overturns them in his anger, he who shakes the earth out of its place so that its pillars tremble, he who commend- commands the sun and it does not shine and seals up the stars, He alone spreads out the heavens and treads on the waves of the sea. He makes the bear, Orion, and Pallades, and the constellations of the southern sky. He does great and unsearchable things, and wonderful things without number. If he passes by me, I cannot see him. If he goes by, I cannot perceive him. If he snatches away, who can turn him back? Who dares to say to him, What are you doing? God does not restrain his anger. Under him the helpers of Rahab lie crushed. How much less, then, can I answer him and choose my words to argue with him? Although I am innocent, I could not answer him. I could only plead with my judge for mercy. If I summoned him and he answered me, I would not believe that he would be listening to my voice, he who crushes me with a tempest and multiplies my wounds for no reason. He does not allow me to recover my breath, for he fills me with bitterness. If it is a matter of strength, most certainly he is the strong one. And if it is a matter of justice, he will say, who will summon me? Although I am innocent, my mouth would condemn me. Although I am blameless, it would be it would declare me perverse. I am blameless. I do not know myself. I despise my life. It is all one. That is why I say, he destroys the blameless and the guilty. If a scourge brings sudden death, he mocks at the despair of the innocent. If a land has been given into the hand of a wicked man, he covers the faces of its judges. If it is not he, then who is it? My days are swifter than a runner. They speed by without seeing happiness. They glide by like reed boats, like an eagle that swoops down on its prey. If I say, I will forget my complaint, I will change my expression and be cheerful. I dread all my sufferings, for I know that you do not hold me blameless. If I am guilty, why then weary myself in vain? If I wash myself with snow-melt water, and make my hands clean with lie, then you plunge me into a slimy pit and my own clothes abhor me. For he is not a human being like I am, that I might answer him, that we might come together in judgment. Nor is there any arbiter between us who might lay his hand on us both, who would take his rod away from me so that the terror would not make me afraid. Then I would speak and not fear him, but it is not so with me. I am weary of my life. I will complain freely without restraint. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, do not condemn me. Tell me, why are you contending with me? Is it good for you to oppress, to to despite the, despise the work of your hands, while you smile on the schemes of the wicked? Do you have eyes of flesh, or do you see as a human being sees? Are your days like the days of a mortal, or your years like the years of a mortal, that you must search out my iniquity and inquire about my sin? although you know that I am not guilty and that there is no one who can deliver out of your hand. Your hands have shaped me, and you've made me, but now you destroy me completely. Remember that you have made me as with the clay. Will you return me to dust? Did you not pour me out like milk and curdle me like cheese? You clothed me with skin and flesh and knit me together with bones and sinews. You gave me life and favor, and your intervention watched over my spirit spirit. But these things you have concealed in your heart, I know that this is with you. If I sinned, then you would watch me and would not equip me of any iniquity. If, my, if I am guilty, woe to me. If I am innocent, I cannot lift my head. I am full of shame and satiated with my affliction. If I lift myself up, you hunt me as a fierce lion, and again you display your power against me. You bring new witnesses against me and increase your anger against me. Relief troops come against me. Why then do you bring me out from the womb? I should have died, and no eye would have seen me. I should have been as though I had never existed. I should have been carried right from the womb to the grave. Are not my days few? Cease then and leave me alone, that I may find a little comfort before I depart, never to return to the land of darkness and the deepest shadow to the land of utter darkness like the deepest darkness and the deepest shadow and disorder where even the light is like darkness you just hear the despair in job's heart and soul he hasn't been able to figure out what he's done to deserve what's happened to him he doesn't believe that he's done something egregious or evil And yet he also is admitting that God may have reasons he just doesn't understand and God has ways that he doesn't understand. And so he is still humbly admitting that he couldn't contend with God. He couldn't have an argument with God as if somehow he was in the right and God was in the wrong, but he just simply is saying, I don't understand and it's painful and it hurts. And I think that's something that we can relate to in our lives. When painful, difficult things happen, we wonder how could God in his power and his love be allowing these things to happen? And it's a difficult question. And we don't always get answers. And I think it's important for us to live with that tension as we go through these chapters of the book of Job over the coming episodes. And so we'll leave it there and we'll turn now to Revelation chapter 12, where John continues to describe these visions and symbolic things that he sees about God's judgment coming. And it reminds us of God's power, but also the fact that God will bring justice on the earth and that we can count on him to do something about the evil and injustice that happens from the devil, from his followers, from the evil that's going on in this world. Revelation chapter 12. Then a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman clothed with the sun and with the moon under her feet, and on her head was a crown of 12 stars. She was pregnant and was screaming in labor pains, struggling to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven a huge red dragon that had seven heads and ten horns, and on its heads were seven diadem crowns. Now the dragon's tail swept away a third of the stars in heaven and hurled them to the earth. Then the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth, so that he might devour her child as soon as it was born. So the woman gave birth to a son, a male child, who was going to rule over all the nations with an iron rod. Her child was suddenly caught up to God and to his throne. And she fled into the wilderness, where a place had been prepared for her by God, so she could be taken care of for 1,260 days. Then war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But the dragon was not strong enough to prevail. So there was no longer any place left in heaven for him and his angels. So that huge dragon, the ancient serpent, the one called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world, was thrown down to the earth, and his angels along with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, The salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the ruling authority of his Christ have now come, because the accuser of our brothers and sisters, the one who accuses them day and night before God, has been thrown down. But they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much as they were afraid to die. Therefore, you heavens, rejoice, and all you who reside in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has come down to you. He is filled with terrible anger, for he knows that he only has a little time. Then, when the dragon realized that he had been thrown down to the earth, he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a giant eagle so that she could fly out of the wilderness to the place God prepared for her, where she is taken care of, away from the presence of the serpent, for a time, times, and a half a a time. Then the serpent spouted water like a river out of his mouth after the woman in an attempt to sweep her away by a flood. But the earth came to her rescue. The ground opened up and swallowed the river that the dragon had spewed out from its mouth. So the dragon became enraged at the woman and went away to make war on the rest of her children, those who keep God's commandments and hold to the testimony about Jesus. And the dragon stood on the sea, on the sand of the seashore. And so we here again have this depiction of God bringing judgment on Satan and his followers and showing the authority of Jesus as the king over all, including Satan and his followers, and this reminds us of something that you may have noticed in the first part of the book of Job too, and that is Satan is under God's authority. Satan does not do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants to do it, that he is under God's authority and sovereignty. And he too must report to God, and he too is limited in what he can do, because God truly is the ultimate authority overall. Thanks for listening to the Bible in 260 podcast. May what you have heard speak to your heart and mind today. The scriptures quoted are from the Net Bible, http netbible.com, copyright 1996 2019, used with permission from Biblical Studies Press, LLC, all rights reserved. Our theme song for the podcast is The Call by Emily Ruth. You can find The Call and other music by Emily Ruth on Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you find your music.